Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. Hi there, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I am here with Christina Swift. Let me tell you a little bit about her before we get into some really good conversation. Christina started out her career in beauty cosmetics, spending 18 years climbing the corporate ladder at Avon Products from an level sales position in the United States to VP of sales operations of her home country, Avon Canada. She also worked for Stella and change lanes to health and wellness and held executive positions with Isogenics and Plexus Worldwide. Last year, in 2019, she started her own executive recruiting agency in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's called Serendipity Executive Search. Every position Christina has held had an element of stage speaking in front of audiences up to 15,000 people or boardrooms full of executive uh, senior executives, board members, and founders. It's easy to say that she is not afraid of a room full of peeps, I would <laughs> venture to guess. Christina, welcome. Thanks so much, Bridget. It's so great to be here with you today, and thank you for the really warm introduction. Absolutely. All my pleasure. I have to admit, I stole it from your website. So... <laughs> <laughs> let me Let me first start off with were you always this fantastic speaker? Because, I mean, 15,000 people. So were you always just, you know, ready to jump up there and do your thing on the microphone? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely not. What is it they say? Um, uh, something about a master once being a disaster. That was me. I definitely was not always a great speaker. It's something that I had to really practice and work on. And focus on, um, especially when you start getting up to crowds, to your point of 15,000, you've really got to have your act together. Oh, it, it just sounds like you've got to have more than your act together. Yeah. What recommendations? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've got, you got a lot going on. So what recommendations do you have for people where sure. maybe they're not speaking in front of 15,000, yeah. or just 15? How did yeah. you get to the point where you were good enough or felt yeah. good enough? Yeah, and that's exactly right, is starting out small. Um, and some of the things that I did was really tap into people that I admired that were really great speakers. And I would watch them. I would ask them to coach me. I was super humble about learning. So I would leave your pride at the front door. If you really want to get good at anything, especially something like public speaking, which is one of people's greatest fears, you know, is to just really be humble about it because if you ask for help, you'll get it. So that's one thing I did is just really pick about 10 people who had similar styles that I had. So I wasn't trying to be somebody I wasn't. I looked for people who were kind of like me, and and I admired some of the techniques that they used, and I really asked for their help. And, you know, when you ask for it, you get it. So that's one thing. I listened to a lot of podcasts like this. Um, back then in the day, it was more like webinars and, um, you know, signing up to go and actually get coached. There's a lot of like one day seminars you can take where they, you'll be in a small group of people, which helps. It's actually easier to present and practice in front of people you don't know and that you may never see again <laughs> because you can make your mistakes and, you know, you're all in it together and 
you learn together. So if you have anything like that where you live, where you can just sign up for one day, they're not that expensive, but you can get some real one-on-one coaching. And you can also see some things that other people do really, really well, you know? And I think the more you practice, the more that you watch other people and learn, you'll pick up things here and there that you like that can feel authentic to you when you do it. So start small. The other thing I would say is I joined a lot of groups. Just small networking groups or meetup groups, and it doesn't even have to be on a work topic. It could just be on a hobby you like. Um, but these groups, you know, to be part of them, you have to contribute. You know, you have to usually once a month speak on a topic that you're passionate about. So it gets you up on your feet. And, and it might only be in front of 15 or 20 people, but it gets you going. So join groups because you have to participate. That's one of the things that I did. Um, and I volunteered a lot. You know, when there was an opportunity when they just needed somebody to do introductions or thank yous or drawings and giveaways, those are just little moments where you can just, again, get on your feet, practice, and do it better than anybody else. I can remember whenever I had to introduce somebody at a meeting. Instead of just, you know, saying their name and introducing them, I researched them. I found out some cool things about them that the audience probably wouldn't know. I edified them by highlighting some things that I knew they did really well. So it wasn't just an introduction. It was like people were like, wow, what? If, that was great, you know. So taking small moments like that, something else that can be fun is, you know, weaving this kind of thing into your family time. So at dinner time, you know, take turns sharing stories. Like have a topic for the week, and everybody has to come up with a story they have to tell about that topic. I know it sounds kind of corny, but you know what else you're doing? You're practicing yourself, but guess what? You're also – you know, getting your family to participate and, you know, they become good at it too. So um, just little things, do little things to get going and eventually it builds your confidence. You become more confident, you become better skilled and you just get better. You made me think about something that my family and I have on our breakfast slash dinner table yeah. slash homework table slash <laughs> Yeah, is this little cube called Table Topics, and you can find them on Amazon, and it's, they have all these open-ended questions, and yeah. they have different ones for, you know, Table Topics for families, Table Topics for couples. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. So if you're just trying to find something, it's fantastic. It's a great way to get the family talking plus and, and that's an added bonus but then you're kind of practicing your speaking skills something yes. else you said that I loved was even if you do something small where you're just introducing somebody at a larger function mm-hmm. it takes the light off of you when you're yeah. shining the light on someone else it takes exactly. so much pressure off yeah. of you and you're sitting here thinking to yourself how can I make this person sound like the rock star that she is yeah absolutely yes just you know taking those those tiny steps there was something else that hit me yes watching other speakers but as you watch other speakers I want you to consciously say to yourself how did this person start yeah. their presentation yeah pay attention to every single thing he or she said how he or she walked, what was yeah. the body language, like pay attention, become this student of just the introduction, just the opening words. Pay yeah. attention. Does the person start off by saying, hi, my name is such and such and such, or does the person start off with a story? 
Yes, exactly. Start off by drawing you in, saying yeah. you've probably seen tons of presentations over the years, and you've probably thought about this and that and that. But have you thought about this? This yeah. person takes you on a journey, so pay attention to everything the person says and does. Don't just kind of mindlessly sit there and watch, folks, and then think, "Okay, now let me try to go do the same thing." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. But 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 decide, okay, these are the things I'm going to pay attention to the first five minutes. How does he or she nail it? And pay attention to the last five yep. minutes. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I can remember watching somebody, um, and, and then this is so funny, and I, I saw her totally derailing in her presentation because the crowd wouldn't settle down. And um, she was trying to compete with the noise of the crowd. And then I found myself in the same situation. This was just a couple years ago. And, I mean, I was a pretty good speaker by this time and pretty experienced. Yeah. But I forgot some of the, the very things that I would, you know, recommend to other people is when you have a really loud audience and you're trying to open or start, make them, make them stop talking. Wait. Be patient. Just stand up there as long as you have to and do not start talking until they give you the respect to quiet down. And I made the same mistake she did. And this was after being an experienced speaker, but I, my voice got louder. And then because it got louder, it started to crack. And I sounded, I know I sounded really high pitched. And, you know, if you don't open strong and feel confident and good about your opening, the rest of your presentation, you've kind of set the tone. And I walked off that stage after that segment, and I said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that I, you know, succumbed to that. <laughs> I I am so glad you brought up this important aspect of not competing with yeah. the audience and not trying to talk over them or anything yeah. like that. And I'm telling you the most magical secret that the most expert of professional speakers have is standing on that stage and waiting until yep. you have everybody's attention. Yep. You're don't in charge. Care. You <laughs> are in charge and don't you say a thing. It is, and you feel so powerful too. Because yeah. you think it in your head. I, I am not moving on until I get the respect I yes. do. Absolutely. You don't, you don't have to, may I have your attention, please? You don't have to say that. May I have your attention, please? Hello. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the <laughs> other thing, yeah, the other bad moment I remember I had, that's one that stands out. Another one was I had to present on a topic that I really wasn't a subject matter expert in. Okay. Um, and, you know, usually most of the time when I'm presenting, it's about something that's in my realm of responsibility. So it comes pretty natural. But this one time, um, I was, it was something that I sort of worked with, but not, I didn't own it, I didn't create it, and I didn't use it on a regular basis. And so I kind of reviewed it a few times. I had limited information on it. I was asked kind of at the last minute, and I really didn't take enough time. And I wasn't as prepared as I should have been. And if you are prepared and you know your content, you've practiced it, you've anticipated questions, um, you've anticipated audience reaction. You're kind of prepared. You know, you're, it will go well. But I wasn't prepared enough, and I got questions I didn't know the answer to. And that was a hard lesson, and it was a mistake I never made again, as really giving yourself the time, allocating that time to do your research on your topic, to know your audience and how they're going to react to the topic, the questions that could come up. Like, you have to be the subject matter expert, even if you're not when you're presenting on something. 
And here's a pro tip. In doing that research, this is how you make it, I'm not going to say easy on yourself, but this is how you just put some boundaries in place. Yeah. You decide to know as much as you can about three to five aspects of the topic. You become an expert on three to five bullet points. Yep. And that is going to be the foundation of your presentation. So yeah. don't feel like you have to read every blog, every article, every book, listen to yeah. every webinar there is on the topic. Yeah. You decide these are the areas I'm becoming an expert. This is where I'm going to, to shine and let everybody know what I have to know about this. And yeah. that helps you from feeling inadequate or feeling like you have imposter syndrome and you have no business yeah. talking oh, about sure. this. You, you narrow your focus. Yeah, I love that tip. And if you can, to add on to that, if you can even talk to some people that are in the audience, your influencers, like if you're talking for a company or an organization, if you can talk ahead of time to some key influencers, when those tough questions come up, you can bring them in to help answer the questions. That is brilliant. And something else you can do, I don't know how I failed to mention this, is you can reach out to your contact and say, hey, do you have a couple of people mm-hmm. I can interview and just get a little insider insight Yeah, so exactly. that I'm really speaking your language? Yeah. And, and, and those people are going to be more than happy to talk to you, okay? Absolutely. Those people. Yes, yeah. and, and, and bring you up to speed and help you figure out what are the big pieces, what are the three to five big question marks that yeah. you should answer in absolutely a and then when if you do get into a little gray area where you don't know the answer that's okay you don't need to know all the answers you can ask marianne to stand up and you know what do you think marianne you live this every day what do you, what would you do you know so perfect perfect yeah. now that makes me think about difficult audience members how you'll yeah. have somebody that throws out yes this screwball question they know what they're doing they're doing that foolishness on purpose just to see if they can kind of sidetrack you or yeah. get you yes get you off your game how do you deal with that because what if you don't have the marianne where mm-hmm. you can hunt yeah. to her yeah I um, typically, and I've had that several times, and that is something you learn, too, with experience. Um, but what I've learned to do with somebody who's really vocal in the audience, either asking questions or shouting things out or, you know, that disruptive person, they probably have good intentions, but nonetheless disruptive. Um, I the, the one thing I don't do, I learned, is I don't ignore them. It's actually better to acknowledge them, edify them, um, you know, tell them that you really, you know, it, that obviously they have, you know, a perspective and opinion that you value and respect. Um, and so I'll acknowledge, I'll thank them, and I'll try to get, like, kind of, by doing that, get them to kind of, you know, shut down a little bit. But if it persists, uh, what I find works really well is um, I'll ask them their name, and I'll call them by their name and say, you know, I would love to sit down with you at the end of this. Um, meeting today because clearly I could learn a lot from you and you have a, you know, a voice and an opinion about this topic. So if I could just, you know, ask you to table that to the end of the day and let's sit down together when I'm done, I'd be happy to talk more about it and see, you know, how you feel. And that usually wins them over. They're not negative after that and you've kind of got them on your side. 
I love that approach. I've not used that one before. And I'll tell you my favorite part of the approach is, is saying, see, everybody, I'm about to put it in Bridget's terms. When you have somebody who acts like they lost their mind and they can hear trying to get under your skin, that's the type yeah. of person Christina is talking about. She's just yeah. diplomatic. Okay. <laughs> what you say to them is, you know what? Wow. It is clear. I could learn a ton from you. Yeah. I cannot wait for my next difficult audience member. Who says that? I can't wait for my next difficult audience <laughs> yeah. member. But, but seriously, it's like the squeaky wheel. Yeah. They want to be heard. They yeah. want to be recognized for their intelligence or their brilliance yeah. or expertise yeah. or whatever it is. And yeah. you're giving them that opportunity to be heard, especially yeah. when you say, hey, Let's sit down afterwards, or let's say time is of the essence. I don't know. Let's say you're at a conference. You have to scoot to another session. Yeah. Or you're flying out or whatever the yeah. case may be. I always tell them, hey, let's make sure uh, you, I give you my email address, and mm-hmm. you email me, and let's set up a time to try to have a conversation later. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's, I, there's, there's a ton that we could talk about, and I want to be respectful of everyone's time here. Today. Yes, exactly. Kill them with <laughs> kindness. Yes. Yeah, in the in the boardroom, it's harder. Like, I actually think it's easier with a big audience because the big audience will typically support you, too. They don't want this person derailing the whole presentation either. But in the boardroom, it's a little trickier when somebody um, wants to get you off course. And I can remember this happened not that long ago and it's probably my toughest time. And it was a bunch of, you know, E-suite and C-suite members. And I was. Um, going in there to present and get approval on something very simple. Um, you know, it was a job rec- requisition. I was getting approval on a new position. It should have been very simple and easy. But somebody in the audience took the mo- took a moment to completely start grilling me on another part of my job that had nothing to do with what I was there to talk about. And that was probably a really tough moment. And so I kind of chose the same path of acknowledging that he had a really valid point. And that that, and I, I said, if you have a minute, I'd be happy to just highlight some of the things that we're doing to address that very, that very thing. And very quickly did that for the sake of time. I mentioned time and that I, and I said, you know, if you want me to do a full blown presentation on that, I would love to schedule that with you because I didn't, I wasn't asked to do that today. So I don't have all the data ready to, to really do it justice, you know? And to be honest with you, it didn't stop there, kept going. And so then I had to actually say, you know what? And this was really bold of me, but somebody taught me this. But it was a bold move. I said, you know, actually, this is starting to not feel mutually respectful. And so if we need to take a break and change the agenda, I'm happy to do that. Otherwise, I'm going to schedule some time to talk about that particular topic after. Is everyone okay with that? And everyone, I think that they were so shocked because I put a boundary up because it was getting disrespectful. And sometimes that happens, you know, and you're better to just, instead of derailing exactly what you're supposed to be there to present on, you know, put a stake in the ground and have a boundary. Christina, that is some of the best advice I have heard with helping with a difficult situation in your presentation. And it it positions everyone to save face. And sometimes you have to be bold. Yeah. And and being bold doesn't mean being disrespectful or aggressive. Mm -hmm. It just and, and I love how you put it. 
this is getting to a point where it doesn't feel like it's mutually respectful. It doesn't feel like it's productive. Whatever yeah. it is, yeah. whatever, whatever area it's going into that's yeah. just not conducive to moving the train forward, this doesn't feel like it's doing X. Yeah. I want to make sure that we're staying on track and that this is time well spent. Yes. Can we do A, B, or C? And then ask for everyone's agreement in the Yes, meeting. exactly. Yeah. Stop. Acknowledge. Yeah. Uh, identify what needs to happen. Ask yep. for everyone's agreement. Yep. That's exactly what, it, that's exactly right. Love you, it. Don't, you don't have to get shrill. You don't no. have to get rude. You don't have to get loud. Not at all. But, and, and you know what? And it kind of puts you in a position where you, I think you gain a, another level of respect. Yeah. 100%. Because I can imagine someone would say in this, in this instance, wow, there's no railroading her. There's no walking <laughs> over her, right? So yeah. you know, we can't do it in a group setting. You best believe I won't be able to do it in a one-on-one setting. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it builds a level of respect for yourself mm-hmm. in front of others and colleagues. Yes. Mm. Oh, I like that one too. <laughs> oh my goodness. I can't wait to use these because I, I, I kind of have a different take on it. So I kind of do it Bridget style sometimes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and finding your own way to do it in your own words and all of that. But to your point, being respectful and productive, that's, you know, that's that's what everybody wants. That's, yeah. that's what we're here for. We are professionals. Yes. We're here with, I would hope, the same goal in mind, same yep. vision and mission. Let's make sure we're always working toward it, Absolutely. not against it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. What else? What else should we tell the audience? Um, so some other things that I do to kind of engage the audience so that it's not boring and it's yeah. not used to just standing up there talking. Typically after I do the opening and I loved what you talked about, make your opening, you know, have pictures, you know, if you're introducing yourself, you know, give them a little bit, invest in them, give them a little bit about who you are, not just as that person on stage, but maybe family, what you love, what you're passionate about, all that stuff. So open up a little. After you have a great opening, what I typically do and I've seen other great people do this, so that's where, why I started doing it, is, you know, if you've got a microphone, walk off the stage, or if you're just at the front of the room, walk into the audience with the microphone and ask them what they want to get out of the time together. You know, what are the most important things? And let them speak, because then you're, st- you're getting them in the game with you right from the start. And they're buying in because they know that you actually care about what they want out of the time together. You're not going to just stand up there and talk. So, and then what I'll usually do is around the halfway part of the presentation, I'll go back to some of those things I heard and say, I just want to do a check-in with you guys. Let's talk about what we've discussed so far. We've talked about this, this, this. You know, Angela over there wanted to make sure we addressed this. We got that. And for the rest of the time, we're going to work on these next things. So you've kind of recapped halfway through what you've done, and now you're working on what you're going to talk about the rest of the time. And then at the end, I'll do the same thing. Before I do a powerful close, I'll walk back down into the audience again and say, I would love to hear about your aha moments. What were the takeaways that you got out of today? What are the things you're going to start doing? What are you going to stop doing? What are you going to try for the very first time that's going to move your business forward or whatever that is? And that puts a bow on it, too, before you close. 
absolutely love it hands down. And if you can get somebody to jot down the idea yeah. for you, as opposed to you mm-hmm. trying to walk around on my microphone, yeah. ask the questions, on, you know, ask someone, hey, yeah. uh, Bob, will you jot down Take these notes for me? Yeah. Right. Or, you know, if you feel confident enough to do the multitasking, you can have that nice little poster board at the front of the yeah. room or whiteboard yeah. and write them down. Absolutely. And I love the temperature checks along the way. So yeah. it's so, so clear to the audience that you wanted to make sure they got what they came to get. Absolutely. That's what you need them to have. Anything yeah. else? This was so good, Christina. <laughs> oh, so many um, ways. Yeah. And I would say, you know, depending how long you're, you're presenting for, you know, if it's a pretty long, uh, either, you know, half day or day, you know, use other forms of medium in between funny videos to make a point, inspirational videos to make a point. Be a great storyteller. If you can tell stories, especially personal stories, um, it just breaks up the content that you're presenting and kind of brings it to life in real examples. So I think that always helps, you know, keep the audience engaged through the whole presentation. And with the personal stories, I know a lot of times people don't want to tell personal stories because they feel like, well, that's about my life outside of work. Yes. The more people know about you outside yeah. of work, the more they connect with you and the more they connect with you, the more they like you and they like Absolutely. And the more they're likely to not be difficult audience members, the yes. more they will cheer you on and yeah. give you that boost of confidence if they feel like you are this normal person with a normal life. Yes. Has ups and downs and who has yeah. you know, crazy stories of family and yeah. friends and so on. And I think uh, one other thing that I think is important, too, that you have a clear objective and message for whatever it is you're delivering, and that at the end, you have a clear call to action um, or next steps or something. Like, hopefully, at the end of this, you are going to move people to do something. And so I think that's, like, a really important uh, thing. And whoever you're doing this for is going to expect that, too. Right. It's It's one of those... Now that we're done, what now? Yeah. What, what do I do with this? Yes, exactly. Right? It's like going to the grocery store and I've got all of these these items. What do I do with it? Do I cook it? Do I throw it in the trash? Yeah. So now that I've given you this information, this transformation, this yeah. inspiration, yeah. what are your next steps? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. And, then, and then close with something that they'll remember you for. You know, I think... You know, sometimes that's, um, that can be disappointing when you've taken them on this journey and then the close isn't very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It just falls flat and it, it, it's, it's disjointed. If you've given them this fantastic experience, you started off powerfully, however that is, whether you're asking them questions, whether you're drawing them in, whether you're giving them a story and then you're giving them tangible, practical information and tools throughout the way throughout the presentation, then get to the end. Okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Yes. Very nice. Very nice. Christina Swift, what a pleasure. (laughs) This was fun, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's almost like a presentation, right? You mean, you know, and so this was super fun. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I can't remember which one of my books it's in. 
maybe show up and show out. 52 communication habits to make you unforgettable. I think Ooh. that's the one where, yes, I love that one. It feels like I might have it handy. I oh, love it. I it's have to get that one. It's just a little pocket book. Oh, and I, wrote yeah. it. I wrote it because. Love it. I wrote it because my hairstylist is so funny. She bought one of my other books and it's like 222 pages long, eight and a half by, I mean, five and a half by eight and a half inches. And she said, I, I, after nine months, I've had this book and I'm still not done, Bridget. I'm so sorry. So I came up with this little pocket guide. I'm getting it. Read a strategy per week, read a habit per week. But I believe one of the ones in here or another book, whatever, uh, indicates that every time you speak, it's a presentation. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Every time you speak, even if you're at the grocery store, at the post office, yeah. every time you speak, make it a presentation where yeah. you make yourself memorable, you make yourself clear, you make the other person feel important, you yeah. take them on a journey, even if it's just for a few seconds at the bank with the teller that, or whatever. That reminds me of something. I'll take yeah. a second and share with you. My son, he's just graduated from college. And, you know, so he grew up with me, you know, and sometimes on weekends he would come to some of the events I had to do. And so at a very young age, I would get him to do the raffle prizes or do um, a thank you or, like, housekeeping or just little announcements and stuff like that. So he kind of grew up over the years watching me watch these events, blah, blah, blah. So at one of the companies I worked for, he was an intern while he was in college. And at the end of his internship, I got invited to go see um, the presentations they did about what they learned and all that stuff. And I got to tell you, it blew me away because just from watching all of those years, you know, his presentation was amazing. He had photographs. He walked the stage. He asked questions. He had an open and a close. He talked about people in the audience that helped him along the way. I mean, it was just, it was so gratifying. And I thought, you know, he, he paid attention. They're always watching, right? That's right. That's right. You never know what eyes and ears are on us. Never, ever know. And one other thing I wanted to reiterate was using audience members' names. It just makes such a difference. It quickens the heart rate and it makes you feel special. It makes you feel important. So try to learn a few names of your audience members and use them throughout the presentation. It'll blow people away. Yeah, I would always try to get there early and mingle with some of the people that are going to be in the audience. And you'll hear things and learn things that you can then refer to when you're on stage. You know, and if you'd introduce yourself to them, to your point, and know their name, you can say, you know what, I just have to recognize Robin. You know, her and I were talking this morning over coffee, and she said this, and I thought it was very powerful, and, you know, that is that makes a big difference. It does. It's huge. Okay, listeners, I promise this time we're closing out. (laughs) (laughs) Christina Swift, thank you so very much. Thank you for the opportunity, Bridget. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Awesome.